0: On Boxing Day last year, The Greatest Showman was released in UK cinemas. I wonder if you have seen it. I wonder if you've seen it more than once. If you haven't, the film is a musical which tells the story of the famous showman, P.T. Barnum, whose Barnum and Bailey circus is perhaps the most famous in history. His story is told with uh, extraordinary set-piece performances and a fantastic collection of songs. Amongst the songs from the film, some have gone gone on to enter into popular culture, so the song This Is Me has become an anthem of self-expression and an affirmation of the importance of accepting those with differences who are so often marginalised by mainstream society. The film is perhaps also responsible for refreshing interest in the world of the circus, with its cast of extraordinarily talented performers and colourfully eye-catching big-top tents. Well, why do I mention this now, at Christmas, in a candlelit church in inner-city London? The circus is not just a powerful metaphor for the times in which we live, but it can also help to carry and convey some of the good news of Christian faith in our day. The birth, life and death and resurrection of Jesus is sometimes described as the greatest story ever told. Well, tonight I want to claim otherwise, for tonight it's not a story, it's a show, the greatest show, the greatest show on earth, the greatest show in history is when God shows himself to us in Jesus Christ. Now, in popular imagination, when the circus comes to town, crowds are attracted by the anticipation and the excitement of spectacle, mystery, the brightly coloured big top, the weird and wonderful cast of performers, the exotic animals not usually seen, and perhaps also by the opportunity for a temporary suspension of normal conventions. The circus promises a brief interlude in everyday life, a time for reckless and joyful abandonment, perhaps a little like Christmas. The circus, along with music festivals and similar, attracts a crowd of revelers who expect a break from everyday life, perhaps experienced with adrenaline-inducing rides and joyful, thrilling performances, perhaps also experienced with a darker and more sinister side, with alcohol, drugs, illicit liaisons, and even criminality and violence seeming to be accepted and sanctioned in this suspension of normality. Crowds gather, waiting and watching for thrill and spectacle. Crowds gather with a lurid fascination for the weird and the wonderful, for the misfit and the maladjusted. Crowds gather, watching those who fly high and those who walk tightropes and waiting for them to fall. Even sometimes desiring them to fall. The circus is a term sometimes used to describe the political machinations of our day. Indeed, the 2016 US presidential race was observed in a TV documentary series simply called The Circus. The campaign teams of the presidential hopefuls traveled from coast to coast, from town to town, from city to city in the United States, rallying voters to their cause. With each stop, crowds gather, some with genuine interest and fascination, some with a lurid desire to watch a candidate fall. In our own country, the Westminster Village is sometimes described as a political circus. And we watch to see who can remain perched precariously on their political tightropes. Will they fall? Will they, won't they, this week, next week? We wonder which trapeze artist will miss a catch. In the current chaos and confusion over Brexit, it feels more circus like than ever, as the events of this very past week have shown. For many of us, life itself can feel like a permanent circus, with any sense of normality or convention permanently suspended. I've come to realise through my conversations that many people in the inner city feel constantly overwhelmed by the hectic busyness, complexity and chaos of London life. For all its appeal, the city itself is something of an oversized circus, with many of us experiencing a sensory overload as different places, people and priorities compete for our attention. Our gaze never stays still. We struggle with distraction. And we never know from week to week whether the fire breather who captivates and amazes us may come too close and burn us. The Bible tells of an occasion when Jesus came to the town of Jericho. And there was something like the circus coming to town. A great crowd gathered to see Jesus Some of them captivated by his teaching and his miracles. Some wanting to know what all the fuss was about. Some of them perhaps are waiting and even hoping for his downfall. And amongst them was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. Zacchaeus was Jewish, but as a tax collector, he was despised by his his own people because he colluded with the occupying Roman forces by collecting taxes on their behalf. Not only did he collude with the enemy occupiers, but he also cheated his own people by extorting money from them, skimming off the top, taking a share of the revenues for himself. Zacchaeus himself watched Jesus arriving from a distance, from up a tree, as it happens. He wasn't down amongst the crowd, but he sat aloof and apart. Perhaps he didn't want to get too close. Perhaps he didn't think that he would be welcomed to come close. Perhaps he feared the rejection of his community. Regardless, he was not left unnoticed. Jesus saw him. And Jesus did something extraordinary. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. He didn't make Zacchaeus come to him, he went to Zacchaeus. He didn't make Zacchaeus repent, he didn't ask Zacchaeus to make reparation for all the wrong that he had done. He didn't ask Zacchaeus to repay those from whom he'd extorted money, he simply told Zacchaeus that he wanted to come and eat with him. He wanted to spend time with him. Zacchaeus was overwhelmed and astounded. And he responded by doing all of those other things. He repented, he made reparation, he repaid those that he had cheated. But he didn't do any of these things to earn the attention of Jesus. He did them as a response to what Jesus had initiated. Now the famous Christmas reading from John's Gospel that we heard read a moment ago says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us now other translations make it a little clearer the word they say that is the eternal word that was with God from the beginning the word that was indeed God the word became flesh the eternal divine word became a human person a human baby no less we're all familiar with that part of the story and made his dwelling among us except the original Greek is a little more specific He didn't exactly make his dwelling. He tabernacled or pitched a tent among us. The eternal and divine word of God, the second person of the Godhead, the son of God, came to town and put up a big top. The divine circus came to town and we are invited to come and see. Now here there's a paradox of sorts. God comes to us in Jesus. God comes to us. And yet we are invited to come and see. Like Zacchaeus, we don't make the first move. Jesus sees us and comes to us. That's the mystery of the incarnation that God, the creator of the whole universe, the transcendent power of love that is before, behind, and beyond all life, that this God chose to come to us. God chose to meet us in time in space, in the ordinary messiness of everyday life, in a form and a manner in which we could perceive and comprehend him. He came in vulnerability and dependence. He came to share our humanity entirely so that we may experience complete unity with him. He comes to us but he also invites us to come to him. He gathers people to his tent. He comes to us first, but then he draws us to himself. We are gathered with the cast of misfits, every one of us peculiar in our own particular way, some of us more peculiar than others perhaps. We are gathered to him. Jesus' birth is witnessed by ordinary people from Bethlehem, a teenage mother, a house-building father, shepherds, the night security watchmen and delivery drivers of their day wise men, kings, astrologers, glory hunters it's not the rich and the powerful it's not the streets of Windsor for a royal wedding it's the corridors of a winter night shelter amidst the poor and the powerless that we take our place the circus tent of Jesus Christ is the tent in which every misfit finds a home circus tent of London life may be overwhelming. But in the circus tent of Jesus Christ, we find the welcome and the wonder that we deeply desire. As the adapted lyrics to The Greatest Show puts it, he's everything you'll ever want. He's everything you'll ever need. And he's here right in front of you. This is where you want to be. For as the verse has it, we've been searching in the dark. There's an ache we can't ignore. In the circus tent of Jesus Christ, we find the welcome and the wonder that we deeply desire. And there is room in this tent for all. The prophet Isaiah looked to the day when we would enlarge the place of our tent when we would stretch out to the right and to the left moving our stakes and our tent pegs on every side this is an ever enlarging tent more of a tardis tent i suppose with space for all and like zacchaeus there are no conditions to meet you don't have to sort your life out before you come to the circus tent of jesus Jesus is coming to you, and he invites you in. It's not a question of whether you've been naughty or nice this year. Let's face it, we've all been naughty in some way or another, even Santa. The gift of God in Jesus is just that. It's a gift. We don't get this gift because we have earned it or because we've deserved it. It's the very nature of grace that we receive the gift simply because God loves us. God loves you, God loves me, God loves us. And so this Christmas, I pray that the circus will come to town, that Jesus will visit your house. That you'll respond to the angel's call to come and see. That you'll take your place amidst the cast of misfits where everyone is loved, everyone is welcomed and everyone has a part to play. Everyone is a star in this show. Although one star shines the brightest and that is the star of the show, Jesus Christ. The Word made flesh, the God-man. This Christmas I invite you to follow the star If you want to find out more about Jesus, then we're going to issue you with an invitation as you leave this evening to come on one of our Alpha courses. And we're also going to give everyone here tonight a gift, a short book of reflections for the 12 days of Christmas, simply entitled, Follow the Star, to help you discover the significance and the relevance of Jesus for your life today. But we don't have to wait until we leave tonight. Jesus has visited us in our worship. He has come to dwell in this place amidst the praises of the people who are gathered here. And so I want to invite you just to close your eyes and be still for a moment. And to take a moment of silence. And to listen in your hearts. For the call of Jesus. Jesus who says, I'm coming to town. I'm coming to your house. There's space in my circus tent for all. Will you come and see? I'm going to lead us in a prayer as we conclude if you want to make this prayer your own you can echo it silently in your heart it's a prayer of response to respond to the invitation of the word made flesh the God man Jesus Lord Jesus Christ thank you that at that first Christmas you came and pitched your tent among us. Thank you that you come to us without condition and we are welcomed in regardless of what we have done, what we have said, what we have thought. Thank you that there is not one single person who is not welcome in the circus tent of Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, now I respond. And I say, yes, I will come and see. Thank you for coming. And from now on, may I be your follower. Amen. The greatest show on earth, the greatest show in history is when God shows himself to us in Jesus Christ. The circus tent of Jesus Christ is coming to town. Come and see.